Welcome to Living Water Radio. We believe in one God. We speak of God the Father or Creator, God the Son or Redeemer, and God the Holy Spirit or the Sanctifier, the one who makes us holy before God. One God in three persons, the Holy Trinity. Martin Luther, the 16th century church reformer, once said, to try to deny the Trinity is to endanger your salvation. To try to comprehend the Trinity is to endanger your sanity. So, which is it going to be? My name is Pastor David Burkadal. My wife, Reverend Sally Welch, is co-producing this podcast. Sally is a United Church of Christ slash Christian Church Disciples of Christ ordained minister, focusing on ecumenical and interfaith ministry. I served Lutheran Christian congregations in Compton, California, and in San Dimas, California, for over 40 years. Today, maintaining our yard is my gym, and I'm active as a volunteer in the leadership of the more than 100 Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregations in our area. Between the two of us, we have over 80 years of ordained ministry experience. Check out our first Living Water Radio podcast, number zero, Welcome and Introduction, for more information about us and this podcast. We filmed a video at Trinity Facility Services Incorporated, a commercial cleaning and janitorial service in Laverne the other day. That's actually not a bad analogy for the Trinity. Do we not all want a clean heart? And is there anywhere to turn for that but to the Trinity? In the Christian year, Holy Trinity Sunday is the only Sunday devoted to a doctrine. There is no place in the Bible where it says, there is a Trinity. Yet, throughout the Bible, God is revealed as one God in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Sometimes, all three persons are manifest at the same place and time, as in Jesus' baptism. Jesus came out of the water, the Holy Spirit descended like a dove and rested on him, a voice spoke from heaven, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased, in Matthew 3, verses 13 through 17. The doctrine of the Trinity, one God in three persons, each of which is fully God. How to explain that? I'd say it's pretty much impossible to describe the Holy Trinity without slipping into heresy. The whole idea of heresy brings to mind the bad old days of torture, war, and hypocrisy, right? Yet it also points to a time when the truth mattered, when it was literally a matter of life and death, not just for this world, but for eternity. The apostles and the Nicene creeds that are central to the Christian faith that ended much of the church's fighting over doctrine by setting down the central things that the Bible teaches are both based on a trinity structure. The Athanasian Creed, a third creed, is very long and rarely used in public worship, but it has some of the best language focused on the trinity. How many gods do we believe in? One. That god is three persons. Each person is fully God. That is the doctrine of the Trinity. Is your sanity feeling a bit endangered yet? How to illustrate that? A shamrock, a triangle, ice water in a glass, one man who is father, husband, and son, or one woman who is mother, wife, and daughter, all are things I've used to point to the Trinity. And here are three that I haven't. An egg, shell, white, and yolk, the sun, star, heat, and light, and the three layers of an apple, 
Each one of them is inadequate. Some border on heresy and some cross the border. For example, saying that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are not three persons of the Trinity, but are different parts of God, each equaling one-third, that's partialism. Saying that the Trinity is three separate individuals, that's tritheism. Saying that we believe in one God who reveals himself in three different ways, like Father in the Old Testament, Son in the Gospels, and Spirit in the Epistles, that's modalism. Saying that God the Father always existed, but that Jesus and the Holy Spirit were created by God and therefore are less than fully God, that's Arianism. Remember those lines about Jesus in the Nicene Creed that say, eternally begotten of the Father and begotten, not made? Or the one about the Holy Spirit that says, proceeds from the Father and the Son? Note, and the Son was added later. Those were all written against Arius, the namesake of Arianism. Is your sanity feeling a bit endangered yet? I saw a meme the other day that showed a triangle connecting the corners named liquid, pitcher, and ice connected to a circle in the middle. It said that connecting the liquid, the pitcher, and the ice doesn't describe the Trinity. It describes the Kool-Aid man. Oh, yeah! Water in a glass can be useful in another way. Is the glass half empty or half full? Of course, most of us are going to say half full because the psychology of our culture says that's the way we are supposed to see it, that people who see it as half full are more goal-oriented, optimistic, positive, and successful than people who see it as half empty. Who wants to be Eeyore? But is there another way that the water in the glass can be described that is not so either-or? I would say that the glass is 100% full. It's half water and half air, but it's 100% full. That's a bit like what the Holy Trinity is. It's present, it's active, but it's not obvious. It takes a special way of seeing that is the work of the Trinity itself in the Holy Spirit. Why is this important? Well, I think that we would agree that it's important both to understand what we believe and to know that the things we believe are true. Practically speaking, what we believe about the Trinity in the abstract has a major effect on how we relate to God. For example, sometimes you'll hear people say, I love Jesus. He's so accepting and forgiving, so non-judgmental. But I have a hard time with the God of the Old Testament. He seems so judgmental, so intolerant, and so punishing. The thing about the Trinity is that they are exactly the same. Jesus is God the Father, is God the Holy Spirit, is God the Father, and around and around. We believe in one God who is three persons, and each is fully God. How can God be one and three at the same time? Is your sanity feeling a bit endangered yet? Are we now any closer to understanding the Trinity? I would say no. So, have we just wasted the past 10 minutes or so? Well, I hope not. I would say that anything we claim that we have figured out about God is probably not true. 
All we can know is what is revealed to us by God. We can't understand God any more than a loaf of bread can understand the baker, or an engine can understand the mechanical engineer. If anyone says they fully understand God, that God is probably not the God of the Bible. That is a God they have invented for themselves, not the creator of all that exists, the redeemer of my soul, and the one whose presence within me and within us makes me and us holy. How many of us love a mystery? One of the things that we like about mysteries is solving them, or not being able to solve them and then being shown the answer at the end of the movie or of the story and then working out the clues that were there all along. The Trinity is a mystery but not in the sense that we can solve it or that anyone can show us the answer or that the clues are hidden but are there for all who can recognize them. The Trinity is a mystery in the sense that it cannot be understood. Do you believe in God? You give your testimony every time you read or recite one of the creeds in a worship service. The word creed comes from the Latin word credo, which means I believe. Those creeds are Trinitarian. They are the core of the Christian faith from which we grow. They are what the church believes, not what your denomination believes, but what the entire Christian church believes is central to what it means to be a Christian. Trying to understand the Trinity is like trying to understand what it means that God created everything out of nothing. And when I say nothing, I don't mean empty space. I mean nothing, no space, no time, no nothing. I guess that's something, isn't it? Nothing. Try to picture nothing. If you're like me, you are probably picturing empty space. Try picturing no space. What was it like before God created something and then everything? It's a mystery to us. It's like the answer to the mystery of human existence that all of Job's friends tried to explain to him. In the end, what Job learns is that God is God and he's not. The Trinity is described throughout the Bible, but it is never spelled out. How could it be? It's a mystery. Martin Luther, that guy again, in his explanation of the, as I said earlier, Trinity-structured Apostles' Creed in his small catechism, describing the section on the work of the Holy Spirit, wrote, I believe that I cannot by my own understanding or effort believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him. But the Holy Spirit has called me through the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, and sanctified and kept me in the true faith. Everything we can know about the Trinity comes from the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. Everything we do happens in response to the gift of faith, a living relationship with the one true living God. Open your heart and allow the presence of God to clean you out, to lead you to repentance and forgiveness, to make of you a new creation. Perhaps the best way to encounter the Trinity is to live in the name that is the living reality of God as Jesus instructed his followers to live in what is known as the Great Commission at the end of the Gospel of Matthew, the 28th chapter, starting at the 18th verse. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, 
and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Today, let's remember to pray for the leaders of our government and of our church. And let's remember to pray the Lord's Prayer today, the one that Jesus taught us. If you don't know what that is, contact us at therevsdavidandsally at gmail.com or send us a tweet to at David Burkadal and we'll send it to you. Send your prayer requests to the same addresses and we'll include them next time. Send your comments there as well. As always, we encourage you to stay hydrated. Open your heart to receive the living water from the source, God's self, the living presence of the one true living God, the God who gave himself on the cross so that all who believe and are baptized might be restored to the living relationship with God for which we were created. Remember your church. Identify one if you don't already have one. Ask a friend about it or a family member. Google it. Contact the pastor. When you have a church, go to or tune in to the worship services they have available and support your church financially so that it will be there when we come back to fully physically present worship together. Support your pastor and church leaders. Pray for them and help them in any way that you can. If you or a loved one are having thoughts of suicide or are struggling with mental health issues, call somebody. Google a local or national hotline. Reach out. You are not alone. Wear a mask when you're outside your home, practice social distancing, wash or sanitize your hands regularly. Stay at home unless you are providing essential services or need them. Avoid crowds and be outside if you have to be in a crowd. Be kind to everyone you come into contact with, especially those who are sacrificing their security to provide for yours. Thank you for listening to Living Water Radio. We are here for Christians and for the people of the Los Angeles metropolitan area who are looking for a sense of Christian community, a source of hope, and a way to thrive together during this global pandemic. We hope you'll tune in next time and invite your friends to do the same. Meanwhile, Sally and I encourage you to open your hearts to receive living water, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and stay hydrated.